Hey everybody, this is Tommy Nate. And this is Gigabit Gaming. And this is episode 8 of the guest podcast where we talk about gaming, esports, streaming, and technology. Mm-hmm. Yep. We yep. got a hot lineup here today. Guess what? It's console release week. We got a lot of games coming out and we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, I'm not getting either of them at launch, but I know you are getting both because, you know, I mean, someone's got to pay Visa, so... Uh, I gotta, I gotta get both consoles, and starts by going up to uh, Best Buy tomorrow morning. I think around eight o'clock in the morning, they're gonna open their doors so you can grab it. And I'm pretty excited for that, to say the least. Well, so how's that working with with COVID? Have they said anything? Like, obviously, everyone's got to be probably masked up and all that stuff. So, like, yeah, it'll yeah, so probably every, take forever to get it. Everybody's gonna be masked up. Um, you basically just show them your order number and possibly your ID and they'll hand you the console and you walk out. Uh, what they were doing was scheduling people when to come in to grab their console. And my phone's been messing up lately, so I never got that call to schedule the console. So I'm just <laughs> going at my earliest convenience to go get it. Nice. And hopefully they don't give me a hard time about that. Oh, I'm sure they're going to be, you can't have it. <laughs> Oh, how mad. They, they don't it. open till 9 o'clock tomorrow, but they had people scheduled to go in for 8, so I'm just going to go there as early as possible and try to snatch it up, because I, I mean, I do work tomorrow still, so I just want to go and get it. I miss the good Maybe old days plug her in. where, like, the lineup to get the new COD would be, like, at midnight, and they'd open at midnight, man, and people, like, I don't know, maybe, it, maybe it's because I've gotten older, but it feels yeah. like... That's not a thing anymore. Whereas, like, the it's hype not. used to be, like, dude, we're going at midnight. We're grinding all night long. We got so much Mountain Dew and Doritos. Oh, baby, it's going to be so good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, new COD. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking that one up. But, you know, this really When, be when one of the Call of Duties came out, I actually left high school early. I think I left at, like, 11 o'clock. Went to Subway, picked up two hoagies, and sat in line for 12 hours. Dude, I remember and the hype. I still wasn't the first person in line. I remember the hype for Black Ops 1, you know, coming off like MW2 and people loved it and all that. So like the hype for Black Ops 1 was like through the roof and there was mm -hmm. like like lineups of hundreds of people uh, like day one trying to get it. It's like exactly. insane, man. It's crazy. Just doesn't happen anymore. I I am excited to see how it works out tomorrow to see if there's like a huge line because I mean, they're not selling these in store, so people can't line up to try and get one tomorrow. Actually, I'm not sure if that's the case for Xbox or not. I know that's the case for PS5, but um, I don't. I don't think you can get it physically in store tomorrow. Uh, you just have to hope for the best online and then go and pick it up or get it shipped to you. Hmm. So it'll, it'll be exciting to see how many people are there tomorrow, to say the least. And and they do have pre-orders shipped, and some people already have their consoles, and, and Microsoft has said, oh, if you got it, get yours, go ahead and play it. Because people are like, yeah. man, I got my console, but like it's not even out yet. Am I allowed to like sign in and start playing online or whatever? And they're like, oh, yeah, because people are worried. Because obviously Microsoft has the power to be like, oh, you're playing it early, bud? <laughs> We're turning you off, fuck you. But they're not doing that, so that's awesome. There's two sides of this. There's the people that are getting it early, um, especially, like, I know Taco Bell was running a promotion, and if you won one of those Xboxes, people are already getting them at the door today. So That's crazy. Um, I did see some people saying they received their Xbox from the Taco Bell promotion, and they're ready to game. Uh, but then there's Amazon, which just sent out an email today to people saying, hello, 
We're contacting you with an update regarding your order of Xbox Series X. We expect to ship your console in the coming weeks as we receive more inventory in November and December. At this time, we anticipate that you will receive your Xbox Series X by December 31st or before. We're making every effort to get it to you as soon as possible and apologize for any inconvenience. So there are some people that are getting boned in the situation and they will not be receiving their Xbox on launch day as they anticipated. Man, if you had to wait, like, that's like over a month, like, or more for something that you already bought, like, that blows. And it's not Amazon's fault. Like, if Microsoft didn't ship them enough, then they only got so much in a warehouse. Like, you you can only do so much. And uh, I think this almost comes down to, like, an NVIDIA thing as well, where demand and supply and stuff, like, they just, with COVID especially, it gets impossible to tell how much demand there's going to be. And they're like, man, like... We thought everyone was poor. Like, how are you guys buying this? Like, what's going on? Yeah, so, I mean, it could be Amazon's fault, though, because, like, what if they just put out way too many pre-orders and Xbox or Microsoft was like, you have this many, and they somehow received more pre-orders than they intended? I can't imagine Microsoft saying, yeah, you only have X amount of pre-orders. I can imagine Microsoft saying... Just sell it. We'll ship it when we get it, boys. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very true. That's very true. And, I, and that being said, there's still uh, the PS5, which is coming out on the 12th. Hmm. And pre-orders, uh, people are starting to get information, like the tracking labels are being made and such. Um, GameStop reached out to their um, customers saying that they were getting their consoles. Uh, I think Walmart did as well, but Target has been in the dark. That's where I pre-ordered my PS5 from Target. (laughs) And all it says is I will be receiving it on Friday the 13th to Wednesday the 18th. And just haven't heard anything. There's a lot of people that are just wondering what's going on. I'm a part of like a... On the one website, there's a forum and everybody's just constantly talking about like their pre-orders in general. And there's a lot of Target members on there that are just like, haven't heard a thing. Don't yeah. know what's going on. What's going on, boys? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm more like, you know, I'll just I'll buy it whenever there's a game on it that I really want. Like, yeah. if something comes out, I'm like, oh, man, I need this game. Then, then I'll definitely pick it up. But I, until then, like, I'm content, more than happy with PC gaming only, really. I mean, I have a PS4, but, man, like, it could be busted down there, and I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> like, I haven't turned it on in months. Like, you know, if I'm watching Netflix or something, that's normally on my phone, in my bed. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a smallish apartment. I mean, you're looking at, like, half of it pretty much in this <laughs> webcam view. So, uh, really, there's not a whole lot of space for me to have stuff. Like, behind me, there's a wall plug, but, like, I don't have a, a TV that I can wall mount up there, and I already got other stuff. And I, my desk's here. Like, where am I going to put a couch to sit and watch the TV yeah. that doesn't look stupid? Anyways, this is besides the point, but, like, you know, it, it is what it is, I guess. And and I'm in no rush to get them, and I think that's a good mindset to have. Like, it's obviously good if you want one right away, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not dying to get one. I'll, I'll, I'd rather let the people that are dying to get one get them first before I just be like, oh, I, well, eventually get it. I might as well buy it now. <laughs> and I won't even touch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited for some of the PS5 exclusives, and I did pre-order Miles Morales, so... Hopefully, I get that. Well, it won't, uh, it won't be able to run because PS5. the PS5 overheat, bud. Did you not see? PS5 reportedly <laughs> overheating at Best Buy kiosks. So PS5s that are being shown off at Best Buys are reportedly overheating. 
The units appear to be stored in a sealed plastic box, uh, photos on Twitter show. However, that's a fake unit, a display unit. The real PS5 that's being used for display is behind it, in, however, another very tight, sealed cabinet. It has two tiny 80-millimeter fans to help circulate air. Anyone who knows, like, let's just let's say this quick. Put your PC inside a box and then cut two small holes and put two tiny fans in the box, like a, a wooden box, and, yeah. w- and wait and game for three hours, four hours. That best that PS5 has probably been getting hammered 10, 12 hours a day. And they don't, probably don't turn it off even at night when they close. They just leave it on. I'm I'm doubtful this is a real issue, especially since I haven't seen any reviewers who have talked about the PS5 openly mention anything with overheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't think it'll be an issue whatsoever. But like you said, they're they're cramming it in a box, throwing a couple extra fans in there. People are complaining that it's overheating. I mean, what do you expect? I like the PS4s and Xbox Ones. They used to be in those. I, I guess they were never in those small plastic enclosures either if they had this console separately in the back. But uh, they didn't have problems overheating, but that's probably because, like, they didn't require that much power, you know? Well, yeah, you got to think how, like, cooling hasn't really changed that much in the last 8 to 10 years. I mean, we obviously have advancements and better things, but it's not to the same degree that the technology has advanced. So mm-hmm. you're getting more powerful parts in a similar size unit and then you're cramming it inside this wooden enclosure and you're being like oh it's overheating i guess the ps5 sucks it's like no (laughs) like that's just not realistic like you don't do that with a computer you know a powerful computer obviously there's tiny computers that that are low power and you know laptops and even your phone is a computer but these things don't draw nearly as much power as a new gaming console does so it's absurd to even consider that as realistic yeah, you just have to wait for the real reviews at that point um, from people having it at their house. If people at their house start complaining that it's overheating and they have it in an open area, yeah, yeah. then we got to worry about it. Uh, and as of right now, worst case, there's just going to be a firmware update to like increase the fan speed. So, yeah, like, uh, yeah, that's true. What's the big deal? Anyways, if you uh, want to get into the game releases that are coming this week, I, I see we have an insane amount of really good games. Yeah, with new consoles comes new games, and I mean, that's also very good for PC players as well, because most of these games are coming to PC, except for the PS5 exclusives. We got some games here that we're looking at, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, that comes out tomorrow, Yakuza Like a Dragon, I think that also comes out tomorrow, and then um, we got Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War coming out on Friday, Um, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, that's the new expansion which comes out i think tonight so by the time you're listening to this podcast beyond light should be out and then we have the ps5 exclusives such as sackboy spider-man demon souls um etc i guess i could say because i there's a few more that i haven't mentioned and uh yeah i mean that's not even all of them there's still godfall kingdom hearts bug snacks um list just goes on but demon souls i am really excited to see gameplay that like the early trailers have demon souls looks amazing like Mm -hmm. that looks to be the first game already that has pushed the new console as far as we've seen it pushed yet exactly i agree with you there 
And I, I know Demon Souls and Spider-Man have those that option that we were talking about where, hey, do you want to run at 4K ray tracing with 30 frames per second, or do you want to run at the uh, less than that for 60 frames per second? And I know for a fact those two games have those options to switch over between performance or quality. Like, um, I think it's hard to say a blanket statement of like, oh, yeah, I'm always going to pick performance or I'm always going to pick quality because it's like, if if the quality setting hardly looks any better than the performance setting, then I'll I'll pick performance. But if the performance setting looks substantially worse than the quality setting, depending on the game, like you know mm -hmm. anything competitive, you have to have the higher frame rate. Really, it's, you know multiplayer type. Oh thing. yeah, absolutely. But like for a single player game, you might be like, oh well, you know, thirty like doesn't really seem too bad. I don't mind it. Mm -hmm. So you know, it just depends on the game, right? And you know, some it... games look better or play better when they look better. You know what I mean? I actually saw a tweet yesterday of Spider-Man Miles Morales where they compared the um, 4K with ray tracing 30 FPS to the 1080-60 FPS. And don't get me wrong, the 60 FPS version still looked very good, but the 30 FPS looked absurdly good. Like, just Night the reflections and the puddles on the road and being able to see the reflections off the windows while you're climbing up a building just the I mean, issue makes that big with spider-man for me is that it's such a fast moving game that it almost like you know you kind of need the higher frame rate to make the web swinging a good experience that's very true um if you're web slinging across town i mean how how much detail can you pay attention to in in the tweet that i looked at going back to that they were just walking around and slowly moving up a building just so you can actually pay attention to the detail. Yeah. So that's that's definitely a game that I would play at 60 frames, but I, I would check it out at 30 just to see how good it looks. Yeah, uh, I see we got Xbox Game Pass Ultimate getting even more perks. You want to get into that? Yeah, so starting today, Ultimate members will be able to stream all of the entertainment provided to you on Disney+. Plus. Um, this is just a 30-day subscription uh, trial, but... You activate it, and then you have 30 days of Disney Plus to watch whatever you want at your leisure. Um, you have until January 31st to claim this. And along with Disney Plus comes EA Play joining the library, which I think happens today. And that includes Dragon Age Inquisition, Madden NFL 20, Mass Effect Android Media, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2, The Sims 4, and Unravel 2, with more being added over time. So those are kind of older games, but still more games being added to the Game Pass library for you to enjoy if you ever want to play any of those. Is that the EA Play? So this Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you get a 30-day free trial sub, and then and then what? How much more is it to get it, or is that just like a new add-on to Xbox so, Game Pass Ultimate? So the 30-day subscription is for Disney Plus only. EA Play is joining the uh collection of all the games okay um so that's not only 30 days that's forever or as long as ea plat play last on and Microsoft. how much is disney plus extra after the free trial is over uh i i don't have an exact price i can look that up right now but the monthly price for ea or for disney i think i think it's like 12 dollars or something like that the, the, the thing that i worry about and microsoft has done it now already i think last month they increase the price of Game Pass, and, and this is what they're going to do. They have an insanely cheap product with really good benefits, 
and then over the years just gets you know oh it's only oh, two extra dollars oh well, yeah whatever you know three extra dollars a month whatever and then you know two years later your sub used to be 12 bucks a month now it's 30 and you're like yeah. oh my god like what, what happened like something something's going on here and that's what netflix has done like look at their starting price compared to now it's like what doubled i think i mean did just think about runescape man that used to be five dollars a month and now it's 15 a month world of yep. warcraft used to be cheaper now that's more expensive it's just subscription models you know uh, you once start they off realize cheap to build they can get base. more money and they're not going to lose people over it, especially they're going to keep raising the cost yearly or bi-yearly, I guess you can say. For sure. Yeah, uh, we mentioned Mass Effect Andromeda there. I just want to mention, we didn't put it in our notes, but they are actually remastering Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 now, which is going to be unreal to play on PC, man. I'm stoked to play Mass Effect again. I love 2 and 3. Even with three's weak ending, you know, once they fix it, it was bearable. Uh, mm. Anyways, I'm beyond excited for that. There's no release it yet, but I, I think it's going to be very good uh, to play those games again at, 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 you know, native 4K with hopefully ray tracing support. I don't see why they couldn't. Uh, and, and all the added benefits that we have now versus back then, because if you play them now, you're like, yeah, you know, especially with no mods on PC, you're like, yeah. This is dated, like I can tell. So it's it's really good that they're remastering those because they were phenomenal games story wise, especially. Oh yeah, I I actually never went through the Mass Effect games, so I'm excited for that to come out because I do want to play them. Uh yeah. Well, moving on. Next topic, we have the uh, The Witcher Netflix series postponed due to COVID. I I guess it's in our our gaming spot. That's all right. It's uh based off yeah, so... the books and the game, I guess. So <laughs> yeah, The Witcher. I mean, there's not really much to say here, but The Witcher did get um, postponed on Netflix due to a COVID-19 outbreak in the team. So they were saying that uh, on the show at Arborfield Studios just outside London, I guess, uh, doesn't say exactly how many positive tests um, have been confirmed, but they do mention an outbreak. So I'm not exactly sure who and how many people have COVID-19, but that's probably going to be halted for, I mean, at least till next year. Yeah, I'm going to say at least three months, mm -hmm. at very least. <clears throat> if there's more updates on that, we'll get that out to you, but yeah. as of right now, there's not too much to say about that. Yeah, we'll break in our esports news now. Uh, we were going to do this last week. Some of these news articles might be a little dated, but that's okay. There's not, you know, a ton of esports news, <laughs> realistically, every uh, week anyways. So uh, mm -hmm. we'll get into it here with 100 Thieves acquiring Optic's CDL spot, represented as the LA Thieves. 100 Thieves are entering the Call of Duty League by purchasing the spot previously held by Optic Gaming Los Angeles. The spot that had been Optic Gaming Los Angeles's, uh, oh sorry, the spot that had been Optic Gaming Los Angeles's has now transferred ownership to the prominent esports organization, and sources have reported that 100T will rebrand the team to LA Thieves. Immortals Gaming Club, which had purchased Optic Gaming in one of the two Los Angeles CDL franchise spots, recently sold the green wall back to Hector Rodriguez, who remained in control of the brand. While brief, Hunter Thieves' first stint in Call of Duty Esports was a very successful one. The team captured two major trophies in the, in the then-called COD World League and finished second in the CWL World Championship. Do you, you know a little bit about, a little more about this than I do, so you want to... Yeah, so... So basically, 
there's everything Giga said. And then as of recently, and I just said the same exact thing twice, but um, 100 Thieves posted on Twitter the branding of the LA Thieves. Uh, they already started to pick up some members. And they even have a Warzone Pro team coming out, which I, I, I don't think that's going to be considered LA Thieves. That's just going to be the 100 Thieves Warzone team. Yeah. Um, but, but yes, uh, 100 Thieves has the CDL team, which is the LA Thieves. I will 100% be a big fan of them. Um, and, I mean, moving on, we got 100 Thieves opening up their Warzone Pro team, which is a first. And they grabbed COD veteran Toomey um, as their first player. So 100 Thieves and their new Call of Duty League franchise, LA Thieves, are wasting no time assembling their newly announced pro team for Warzone. Announcing longtime competitor Thomas Toomey, Truwin, as their first recruit. Uh, Toomey spent last season as a substitute for the eventual CDL champs, the Dallas Empire. And, I mean, he's been along. He's been with the COD scene for a very long time, to say the least. 100 Thieves founder and CEO Matt Nadeshot Hag paid some strong compliments to his new player on Twitter. He said he's one of the nicest guys you can ever meet and probably the best Warzone player on your timeline. It's an incredible feeling to have the ability to surround our team with such great people. Yeah, that's kind of a, that's a pretty good sentiment to give someone, to be honest. Like, you know, you don't normally hear... Uh... Someone saying, yeah, he's the best player on your timeline and one of the yeah. nicest guys that I know. Like, that's a little... That's, that's pretty pretty good. It's it's honestly crazy that Warzone's starting to have pro teams in general, you know? It's a battle mm -hmm. royale, and it's been going on for a long time. And especially with Cold War coming out, they're implementing Cold War guns right into Warzone. It's just going to be a mixed game of modern warfare and cold war into one all new map um but being able to use the new weapons as well and it's kind of crazy that they're doing this they're not just going like oh hey here's new war zone on cold war you need cold war to play it they're just saying hey you already have war zone on modern warfare i mean which is free to play anyway but um Get yes. ready because we're throwing Cold War guns into it. Uh, new maps coming out, and you're gonna have a ton more content for the game that you play every day. I guess they looked at it financially, right? And they were like, "Man, Warzone makes us a ton of cash. Do we really want to like segregate this cash cow between like two different games, or should we just keep it going now and mm -hmm. then drop the new game and then put in updates from Cold War into Warzone and?" you know, uh, get everything going even more hype and more people will play it. And all of a sudden now you have like 50, 60 different guns to choose from in Warzone and your variety is insane. So people have a lot more fun because you can just go screw around with whatever. Yeah. I feel like it's it had to have been difficult to implement these two games into one Warzone experience. So it's going to be... Impressive to say the least when we play Warzone, um, when these two are implemented. But I'm, I'm optimistic. How big do you think Warzone's going to be now? Like 600, 700 gig? <laughs> it, at least 300. At least the whole SSD. <laughs> yeah, you're going to need a bigger SSD to only fit Warzone on. 
By the way, I'm I'm selling my Xbox One X. I I recently put it up on the Facebook uh, Marketplace, and I realized I have a two terabyte external hard drive that I'm just gonna repurpose and plug it into my computer. I don't know exactly how fast the gaming is gonna be on it. I guess we'll find out. Probably just a seventy two hundred RPM drive, just something regular. Yeah, I think nothing nothing too garbage, but nothing that you're gonna be writing home about. I haven't used it in such a long time. I know it's a Seagate two terabyte external, but hey, I got more space for the PC now. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean that's that's important, right? So, mm-hmm. anyways, we can get uh, we can get started here on the streaming news. So we do have uh, we have Twitch revealing their full schedule for their online only GlitchCon event. They've been teasing this for weeks now. Uh, looks pretty interesting. Uh, this is my first time getting you know reading more and more details about it. But it, it will be starting November 14th. It's going to last approximately 12 hours. It'll be spread across four different Twitch channels, and lots of the biggest names on Twitch will be there participating, whether it's in the tournaments for the esports or on the different channels that Twitch is hosting. But yeah, it'll be. Uh, couldn't find a solid start time because their website looked glitched. Like apparently in my time zone, it starts at 5 a.m. I don't think that's right. Like that doesn't make any sense. But, uh, but yeah, then it would start at 4 a.m. for me, and then... Yeah, why would you start the event at, like, stupid early, and then it ended at, like, 4 p.m.? 1 a.m. in California. <laughs> so, so, like, so like that would be literally everyone who works is going to be asleep when the event starts and working throughout the event. Yeah, it doesn't no, make sense. That, that, that can't be the time. I think their website's a little bugged. So I couldn't find a solid start date on that uh, for time-wise, but, but it definitely is starting sometime in the morning, I believe, and ending in the late evening. So yeah, uh, I'm uh, not on Twitch anymore, as a lot of people know. But obviously, anything that goes on in the streaming industry is is good, you know, especially when it's bringing streamers together and stuff. So I'm yeah. fully on board with this, especially if they can do the online only well. Uh, they're gonna have to set this event up pretty good with a lot of mods to make sure the trolls and stuff stay out of there. But yeah, I I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so I mean, I'm all for online events going on right now uh i feel like any type of convention would just lead to an another outbreak of covid when we don't need that so until next year at least these online events are cool because everybody can attend them i mean you see everything that everyone else sees and it's just overall a great experience for people who want to watch these kind of things but you were you were saying that you're not a Twitch streamer anymore. What happened here? <clears throat> yeah, I, I decided uh, my Twitch stuff. I just felt like it's a little too stagnant now. You know, as as a growing streamer uh, on a platform where it's very difficult for people to discover you, I think that yeah. it, it, you know it's kind of like man, they really want to stay on here. Like I know Twitch is like number one for streamers, and that's where all the streamers go, but. You know, YouTube is the biggest video watching platform on the planet with like over a billion users and over like, I think it's like three or four hundred million daily people watching YouTube. Like, that's an insane amount. Like, just think how often you watch YouTube. It's likely every day. Yeah. Like, it, I would say so. I'd say I at least watch one YouTube video a day. <laughs> if it's not every day, it's at least three or four times a week. So mm. just, just think about that. And, and, you know, streaming is new on the platform. And, you know, with Dr. Disrespect coming and bringing a lot more eyes to people streaming on YouTube, it seems like a pretty good time to potentially swap over as a Twitch, uh, as an extra streamer. 
so my first thoughts on it, it's it's very good. Uh, I've met a lot of new people that have found the stream just by searching Rainbow Six Siege Live or anything to do with Siege, and, and they'll f see the stream pop up. You know, like, I don't have that discoverability on Twitch. I never had it. No one really mm -hmm. has that as a small streamer. If someone searches in Rainbow Six Siege on Twitch, they just get a list of most popular to least popular Twitch streamers for Rainbow Six. So now when people search, good chance they'll find my stuff. And I've been doing a pretty good job of optimizing my titles, optimizing my descriptions, my tags, to do my best and making sure that my videos and streams are as discoverable as they can be. And I even uploaded a video last night about the new Operation Neon Dawn patch notes, and it has like 100 views right now. You know, mm -hmm. like, that's pretty good for something that I'd never even asked anyone to look at it. It just got Absolutely. 100 views. Uh, so, yeah, overall, first impressions is good. However, I have been viewbotted now on YouTube once. Uh, this guy just really random just came in said that he liked me as a streamer and i was like oh thanks he said i think you deserve more viewers and then he like boosted me from like i think i was at like five or six or whatever to like 170 in like 10 <laughs> minutes and then it just went away after like another 10 minutes so it was just like that was just pointless like i don't know why anyone would do that it's just kind of stupid but yeah. Anyways, I, I, I mean, the same stuff happens on Twitch and happen on Mixer and it'll happen anywhere. So it's like, well, I'm not really going to lose my shit over it. Yeah, so, I mean, you've been streaming on YouTube for how long now? Uh, I'd be like, uh, I think almost a month. And, and I mean, it looks like the growth is honestly definitely better than Twitch in a way because you have people just hopping in your stream, like new faces every single day. Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, sometimes when you're playing on Twitch, it's hard, hard to get new faces, you know? Yeah, like I get the same regulars that I had on Twitch and, and that's and that's a plus too. like if you're a, a viewer of Twitch, there's a pretty good chance, like I'd say 100 percent that you have a YouTube account as well. So, you know, oh, yeah. if, if you're a streamer and you're like, oh, man, like I'm so worried I'll lose my audience. I wouldn't worry about that because literally everyone has YouTube and if they're really interested in your content, they'll boot up YouTube just like they did Twitch and just click on your stream. It's that easy. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's definitely a big learning curve with YouTube when it comes to the analytics and, you know, times you should go live and thumbnail optimization and all this different kind of stuff. But I almost feel like the learning curve makes it more of a, an exciting challenge than, Oh, time to go live on Twitch. Type in my title, blah, 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 go live. And it's like, well, your title doesn't matter because no one searches for your title anyways. The channel tags, I don't think have ever mattered. I haven't ever clicked on a streamer and been like, oh, yes, he's got this tag and this tag. Right, what a good stream. I can clearly tell what's going on in two seconds because I don't think that's ever happened, at least for me. Maybe other people look at it and know. I, I don't know. but The one yeah. tag that I know works on Twitch is if you're playing a older single-player game and you put blind playthrough. Because then people come in and say, oh, it's your first time playing. I can see that you have the tag blind playthrough. So, And then people would get interested that way. Also, if you're doing like a competitive type stream and like you have the competitive tag, then people know yeah, that. Yeah. But besides that, you are right. There's like tons of tags that you can choose from, and none of them seem to do much. The biggest tag that probably has any type of outreach is the language that you select. Yeah, English or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. uh... Yeah, I mean, it's YouTube definitely has some obvious growing pains 
uh, like chatbots don't really work because YouTube's API updates slowly compared to Twitch. So like if someone types in like exclamation point discord, it might take like nearly a minute for the bot to answer because switches or sorry, YouTube's API is just kind of slow when it comes mm-hmm. to answering those requests. But like, whatever, that's, that's something that will definitely be changed. And, and a year ago, they hardly had anything going for them streaming wise. So it's definitely on the up and up, I'd say. And I would argue it's probably one of YouTube's most prioritized new newish features, if you want to get into that. Like, they have the video thing on lock, really. And the majority of their platform now is making sure that people aren't getting fake views and spam. Like, it's actually kind of funny. Like, any video I upload or any stream always gets a spam comment, at least one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you're finding yourself as a streamer, someone who's struggling on Twitch... You know, you're not tied down, man. Like, just just hop off and, and try something else. Because I've got, like, 70 or 80 subs in the last 30 days. And it's like, man, I can't think of the last time I got, like, 80 followers in a month on Twitch. It's very true. Very true. Um, I mean, I'm trying my best on Twitch. I feel like I don't want to leave Twitch at this time. But... You got me thinking, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know. I, I don't really know what else to say besides the fact that you got me thinking because you you seem to be having some good success on YouTube, and I mean, props to you. Good like, job on switching over and making your own decisions here. Like when, you know, sometimes a new face will come in the stream, eh? And then they'll start talking, and I'll be like, "Hey, like, how'd you find the stream?" And they're like, oh, I just typed in, like, Rainbow Six Siege stream, and you were, like, the second one on the list. I'm mm-hmm. like, the second one? Like, that's insane! Oh, <laughs> my God, like, that's crazy! You know, and, and unfortunately, the amount of people watching streams on YouTube isn't huge, but, yeah. you know, you still have, like, this massive over a billion users that you can potentially grab. So, like, I think if you complement it with at least... A few video uploads a week, plus your streams, you're definitely going to get like a growing base going for sure. Because the people that are interested in your videos are likely going to be interested in your streams, and vice versa. If someone pops in on my stream, and they sub or whatever, and then they see a video I posted in their sub box, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that guy was a pretty good stream the other day. I'll click this video and see what it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I wish you all the luck on YouTube streaming. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to stay on Twitch for now, but we'll we'll see what happens in the future here. So you got a new capture card, huh? To, yeah. So you can really, really suck off the PS5 and the new Xbox, huh? I mean, that's the whole reason, to be honest with you. I mean, getting the new consoles, I wanted to be able to take advantage of them as good as much as I can. And I only had the Elgato HD60S. And that doesn't allow for anything over than 1080, basically. Yeah. So I thought about upgrading to the S Plus, which does 4K. And then there's the whole pass-through thing where I can be playing at 1440, 120 frames, and then pass it through to the computer, and that can just do whatever I tell it to, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I recently got the Elgato 4K60 Pro. Just got it in the mail today. Haven't installed it yet. And I won't be able to install it until tonight because right after this podcast, I'm actually going to be live streaming. Um, but yeah, this is a 4K60 HDR capture card with 240 hertz pass-through. 
it's a PCIe slot on your computer motherboard, so it's not an external capture card. Which is and, nice because uh, it saves you some desk space. So yeah, it's there's awesome. there's definitely not the big bulk of wires that I had going back there. I had the cord going into the computer, and then the two HDMI cords coming from out, and then the Elgato sitting there. And now this is just going to be plugged into the back of my computer. Um, I'm excited to set it up. I hope everything works well. It does say that it's basically plug and play. You just put yeah. it in and you're good to go. What um, uh, What do you think about the price? Like, how much is it? And how much is that compared to other cards, like, similar spec? Yeah, so it's not the cheapest. Um, I paid, I think I got it, like, on a tiny sale. It was, like, 230 230 bucks, um, U.S., and I kind of justified it myself because I sold my Elgato HD60S and then I had something else on the side that I sold. So overall, I ended up only paying out of pocket like $30 for this. Not bad. So for me, the price is justifiable, but I can understand the price point. It's pretty high. And I know you can get the cheaper Elgatos for like 150 or even, how do you say, Avram? Avermedia or Avermedia? Yeah, Avermedia, I think. Um, they have a lot of options as well, and I think they're a bit cheaper too. The only one from Elgato that really interests me is the one that can encode on its own, which means yeah. like you don't have any PC stress or any console stress. It just does the thing on its own, and and it looks like it gets pretty hot. So personally, I would like put a fan on it or something like just like like a tiny little desk fan and just max that and just set it on top of it type thing because it'll, it'll definitely get hot but i think you know like if you have a crappy pc that's like a great alternative and, and i get the you know the price is up there but you can yeah, record I think, I think that's straight. a bit more expensive than the one i have yeah you can record straight to an sd card though which is like yeah, exactly sweet. you don't even need a computer yeah like you can just plug in an sd card and then record i think it's 4k 60 uh hdr mm -hmm. as well so you're getting like the max stuff and yeah i mean the only downside is, is the unit gets pretty hot but like you fix that with a fan and and that would be great for people that are like portable like if you you know travel a lot but you still want to play some games and record it well man just plug that in your laptop or whatever and you're good to go like it's that easy so the one thing about this 4k 60 pro that i've noticed is this actually like since it's being plugged into your motherboard and such like it does use your cpu and you need to have a um 10 series nvidia gpu just in order for this to be used or better yeah so um i mean as long as i'm just streaming from the console and it's going to that i should have no problems whatsoever well yeah your pc is um, still encoding it because that one doesn't have yeah. an encoding chip so that's like mm -hmm. normal but if all your pc's got to do is encode the stream well, that's way easier than if you had to encode it and game at the same time. Exactly, exactly. Um, so what I probably plan on doing is streaming, if my internet can handle it, at 1080, 60. I'm not exactly sure the bit rate needed for that. Well, Twitch's max is 6,000, so you'll be at 6,000 anyways. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and bes I'm running at 6,000 right now, too, so... So I am at the max bit rate. I should you, be okay. You're, the most important thing to change is your quality preset. Ideally, what CPU do you have again? What was that? What CPU do you have? 
It's an i7-8700. Hey, you should have no problem putting it on the medium preset, which uh, essentially people don't really realize, you know, everyone's always resolution and frame rate and bit rate. The most important thing is your quality preset or your streaming preset, mm -hmm. which is goes from like medium being pretty much the most reasonable best option anyone can pick because anything underneath that like slow or anything more is literally a placebo like it just yeah. hammers your computer like crazy for no noticeable change so medium if you can do it is amazing and then anything about that i think it's fast faster fastest or very fast ultra fast super fast whatever those ones suck if you can have medium or fast you're pretty good mm -hmm. if you have like a 720p 30 medium stream will look way better than a 1080 60 ultra fast stream. So mm -hmm. it, it's mm -hmm. important to keep that in mind because literally that preset is what determines how long the CPU spends processing each frame. More time means better quality image. Okay. Yeah. But obviously higher usage. Um, that's something that I can definitely look at. Uh, I've, Right now, I've been running at 720, 60 frames per second. I'm looking to boost that up a little bit and see what my computer can really handle, especially console streaming. Yeah. PC streaming, I wouldn't even try to go over 720, 60. But for console, I feel like I can really bump that up. And I could even record, I mean, Let's Plays and stuff at 4K or, I mean, 1440, because that's what I'm rocking with right now. So 4K... <laughs> For me, with a 12-core CPU, is like, oh, yeah, I, I can't do that. Even, like, an older game yeah. that's, like, hardly touching my computer, OBS is like, oh, we're dropping 30 40% of those frames, baby. <laughs> 4K at medium preset, like, that I the preset that I would normally use, no, no way, no way. Like, unless I'm rocking, like, some crazy computer, no way. Uh, Are you talking about playing on it as well? Yeah, but, like, an older yeah. game. So, like, mm -hmm. something that, like, hardly touches your computer. But, yeah, like, that, you would need a separate streaming PC, I think, to make 4K a reality. And you need something beefy. So when are you uh, getting a streaming PC? I don't plan on ever getting one, to be honest. I don't think yeah. anymore, especially with NVENC being as good as it is. I don't think there's a reason to get a streaming PC. I mean, if it was, like, a full-time career... Where, like, I made my money off streaming, I could claim it as a business expense and get, like, you know, my taxes back and all that. Yeah, probably then. Like, if yeah. it's my career career, sure, I could justify spending the money for 10, 15% extra performance or whatever. But for now, especially with, like I said, NVENC being as good as it is, you can game and have a high-quality stream. No problem on, like, a 3070, 3080, 3090, whatever. Unfortunately, we'll get into it a little later in a couple of minutes, but AMD doesn't have any competing options at the moment for any kind of encoding. Like, even now, if I tried to encode off my 5700XE, it's just awful. It's so bad. Um, yeah, so let's move on to the tech news here. Alrighty, you want to get into that first one? The reviews are in. AMD is the new gaming CPU king. So nearly all AMD CPUs outperform their Intel counterparts and now dominate in not only multi-threaded workloads, but AMD is also the new king of gaming. Yeah, the Ryzen 5000 series is 24% faster single-core performance over the Ryzen 3000 series. Uh, AMD pricing is a little increased over the 3000 series, as expected for for the quality increase, and, and now that they have 
the title of king of everything essentially they can justify increasing their price but it, it's still mm-hmm. it's still competitive it's not blown out of proportion like intel used to do uh so a lot of people are saying that intel is going to need to lower their prices just to survive uh it's kind of funny i was reading a, an old article it was posted about five years ago and it was on a reputable tech website, I think an Antec or something like that, maybe. And it was the headline was AMG AMD projected to be bankrupt by 2020. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. man, how the tables have turned. Like it's it's actually kind of crazy. Like not only are their CPUs amazing now, king of the world, the GPUs are swinging like blow by blow with Nvidia mm-hmm. stuff. Like that's crazy. And and. Man, it was only five short years ago when people were like, "Oh, AMD's bust! Like, get your like, <laughs> dump your stocks, boys. They're bankrupt." And now it's like, imagine if you bought stocks holy. then and held on to them till now, dude. Their pricing, like on their stocks, is insane. Like it was like essentially free back then, and now it's like, <laughs> I think it went from like, oh, we looked at it, it was like two bucks to eighty dollars or something like that. I think, like wow. now, so like that is insane. Yeah, and. And they're and they're talking about buying some other companies and stuff too, and and yeah, yeah, it's it's the whole thing. I mean, their business is is crazy. It's the best it's ever been, and it, and it used to be really good too. Like way back in the day, like they used to be at the top too. And then Intel came out with new stuff, and they couldn't keep up. And and now it's quite the opposite. I'm ex- uh, you know, I'll be eager to see ten years from now where we sit. Yeah, that's that's exciting to me. Because everyone is hyper competitive now. NVIDIA's mm-hmm. got to keep up with AMD. AMD's got to keep up with Intel. Intel's got to keep up with AMD. And everyone's got to do this whole thing. Or they're screwed. I'm I'm going to get an AMD CPU when I build a new computer. I'm, I'm sure you've heard me say that before. Um, I always thought Intel was like the CPU to go for. And... and all of a sudden, I feel like AMD came out of nowhere, and, and here we are. Now they're dominating the CPU and GPU game. I had a first-gen Ryzen CPU, a 1700X, because I wanted to stream off CPU. And at the time, NVIDIA didn't have any good, like, NVENC, like the new NVENC mm. that they call it now. It wasn't yeah. a thing then. It was still the 10 series cards. So I was like, oh, man, if I get eight cores... I'll be like the king of streaming, boys. Like no one can touch me, and and you know I could stream very high quality, and I, I couldn't hit the medium preset without dropping frames because eight cores and gaming, you know, it's it's still a lot. But yeah, it was it was an okay chip, and you know I think it was at four gigahertz all core, which is decent, and I was I was happy with it. But you know I had some issues, like I had to buy a new RAM when I got the CPU because my old RAM wouldn't hit its proper clock, and, and that was just growing pains with first-gen Ryzen. And, you know, it still didn't touch Intel's high-end desktop platform at all, but everyone was like, man, Ryzen really is a big step from their old stuff. I think it was like 100-plus percent over FX performance, which is just, like, crazy. Like, Intel doesn't have those kind of generational leaps, and granted, I think it was, like, eight years in between cpu releases for amd so they did a lot of in-house cleaning to get that sorted out absolutely but like first gen rise enhance and people are like oh man this is like pretty good stuff like <laughs> you know it's you know i'll still stick with my intel for now but that this is promising it's second gen hits Ryzen 2000 people are like man this stuff's like good and then zen 2 hits and they're like oh my god like 
this is awesome. Like, they're pretty much trading now with Intel. And now Zen 3 is out with the 5000 series, and people are like, Intel's dead. <laughs> it's official. They're dead. Yeah. And and we knew we knew that the 5000 series was going to be killer because AMD released slides months back, and it was like, this is crazy if it's true. And, you know, you can never really trust someone unless you get the third-party reviews. Like, Intel in the past has... Uh, been like, oh yes, our CPU hits 5.3 gigahertz all core, and people are like, what? That's insane! And then like, truth comes out that they had it attached to a chiller, and the CPU was running at like five degrees during their benchmarks. It's like, yeah. come on, it's not realistic. Like, no one does that. So, yeah, it's it's very exciting. Uh, on a less exciting note, Nvidia GPUs are still sold out everywhere. It's becoming increasingly harder to wait for Nvidia's stock to return, especially with big news of AMD's uh, big Navi. Mm -hmm. Nvidia disagrees, however, with claims about it being a paper launch. They've stated uh, numerous times now that the launch was not a paper launch, meaning that uh, a paper launch is essentially, oh yes, our product is out, but they have zero stock, so you can't even buy it. It's essentially a move to increase your stock value. NVIDIA okay. disagrees with this claim. They think that it was a legitimate launch and our demand was just way higher than we could ever think and we just can't produce the cards fast enough. People are, Some people are blaming Samsung for the delay as NVIDIA sources their chips from Samsung. Uh, but regardless of whose fault it is, this is the reality. And NVIDIA stated that stock will not return likely until 2021. So... You know, that's a pretty long time to wait, especially with Big Navi right around the corner. Uh, Big Navi specs, just go run through them a little quick here. Up to 80 CUs and 5120 shaders. 50% better performance per watt than last generation. Coming November 18th, the RX 6800 series, and December 8th for the RX 6900 XT. Pricing of 579 640 and 999 US dollars, respectively. For the RX 6800, 6800 XT, and 6900 XT. The RX 6900 XT trades blow for blow against an RTX 3090, often beating it or getting beaten by a small margin. The hmm. RX 6900 XT trades blows... Uh, wait, I put 6900 XT here. I think that was supposed to say 6800 XT. Uh, trades blow for blow against the 3080 at 1440p. However, there's some... You know, some stuff in the closet here, a little that AMD is kind of hiding. No showcasing of any ray tracing performance result yet. And there's still no competition for DLSS or any encoder improvements. Uh, personally, I believe AMD's lack of software improvements over NVIDIA is going to be the reason why, personally, I think NVIDIA is a better buy, especially for myself. NVENC I could use great. DLSS looks game-changing, and... and you know, it's kind of funny to see everyone like, oh, DLSS is the best thing ever. And then once AMD is like, oh, man, look at our new GPUs and how powerful they are. And we don't even have like DLSS or anything. And, and they're showing off like our games versus NVIDIA with no DLSS or anything. And, and people are like, oh, yeah, well, DLSS, that's just like a crazy upscaling. That just makes your games bad. That's like, <laughs> that's horrible. You don't want that. And it's like, man, like two months ago, you were like, oh, DLSS is sweet. And now that... AMD has some good options. You're like, oh, DLSS sucks. <laughs> you know, it's the whole fox and the grapes thing. Just because the fox can't get the grapes, he thinks the grapes suck anyways. Oh, I can't reach those. Those are probably sour, though. <laughs> they suck anyways. <laughs> I don't want them. <laughs> the way I think of it is imagine if there was no competition here. NVIDIA would have the GPU world. 
AMD would have the CPU world, and then Intel can be like the, you know, big business company CPUs and not used for gaming or whatsoever. Just give them give them the servers or something like that. They already have and, that, so. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, like, in general, if all three of them weren't competing, that's probably how it would be. I think that NVIDIA is always going to win the GPU game, especially with the amount of technology and game support. and. That's not even to mention, like, like RTX Voice, which completely yeah. eliminates background noise. Like you can have a fan direct blown in your mic, and it's like, oh, I don't even hear that when you speak. Like, that's yeah. kind of crazy to think that that tech is there. And, and yeah, AMD will definitely have some competition in, in, you know, competing software and whatnot. But as of now, they don't. So am I going to buy a card in hopes that they unlock it via firmware or a driver update in the future? Or am I going to buy a card like a 3080 that has everything I want now? It's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the competition. And it was only five, six, seven, eight years ago where Intel had no competition. They dominated everything. And that's why there's the joke of like, oh, yeah, we're on... 14 nanometer plus 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 because they got stuck on it because they stagnated their company too long because they had no competition why would we spend money increasing our cpus when we could just keep putting money in the bank account and we don't have to worry about a thing because you can only buy us for cpus mm -hmm. now that amd's back and now leading the forefront in cpus intel has really gotten pushed back on their heels significantly to the point where their stock prices have dropped a lot like, this is a big deal for the company, you know? Like, yeah. potentially, you're looking at if AMD keeps going and this performance keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you're looking at Intel being what AMD used to be, like, bottom of the barrel. Like, oh, I don't want Intel stuff. Like, that sucks. Like, I don't want that thing cooking in my computer. Like, that thing sucks. I don't want that. And it's like, man, like, I, I hope Intel can stay competitive because I don't want AMD to do the same thing. And now... Personally, I think, you know, Lisa Su, AMD CEO, would not do that. You know, she's also an engineer, so she knows how to do all this stuff. And that's why I think AMD is a big deal, because when you have that kind of creative engineering mind at the forefront of your business, it really helps because she knows what the engineering capabilities are of their team. You know, it's not just like a CEO button pusher who's like, I want this out now to maximize money. <laughs> It's, you know, they they understand what goes into the products, and, and it helps them get a greater understanding of what's going on. And, and they didn't have these big changes until she became CEO. And so I, I just think in the end, maybe five to ten years in the future, AMD will be the only CPU that's used for gaming. I feel like Intel is just going to be, like I said before, like, office pcs you know for for small time work and data processing and web browsing even i mean what they what they have right now is still very good for gaming but i mean later down the line i just feel like amd is just going to take over in the gaming industry for cpus like the 10900k is 10 cores and like a 5.3 gigahertz boost and the 5600x is six cores and the 5600X beats an overclocked 10900K in gaming performance. Yeah, and exactly. it's like 300 bucks for a 5600X. And I think it's like 400 plus for a 10900K. 
So it, it's not even close anymore. Like it really isn't. It's it's crazy. And and I didn't even touch on like the new AMD GPUs have this like memory sharing thing. I haven't read a ton about it, but if you have an AMD CPU as well, they can work together in ways that uh, not in, like no CPU and GPU have ever worked together before for sharing memory in the system. And apparently it's like a 5 to 10% increase in performance in some cases, which is like well, huge. Like if I get 10 extra, 10% more FPS just because I got an AMD chip, like I'm not buying Intel then. Yeah. That being said, I don't think Intel has really come out with any new products as of recently, right? It's been a while. Yeah, I, they got some new stuff in the pipeline. Should be coming out in 2021 for sure. And and the thing is, like Intel still has that home market too. Like when people go out and they look, they're like they recognize Intel as a name. Absolutely. But the, but the like the general Joe who doesn't know much about computers will see AMD and they might not know what that is. But they see Intel and they recognize Intel because Intel has been around in the forefront for years. You know, they used to have the <clears throat> like they would have commercials on TV all the time. I don't think they do that much anymore. But uh, as growing up, I saw a lot of Intel based commercials and stuff. And I was like, oh, well, I know what Intel is, but I never even heard of AMD until I got into computers myself. So, I mean, they have that going for them still. But if AMD keeps it up, it's only going to be another couple of years before AMD's the household name, and no one's really saying much about Intel anymore. Mm hmm. I think that, uh, just, I think that about. This is where we stand on that. That, that about <laughs> wraps it up there, I think, uh, for the guest podcast this week. We had, a, we had a really good show, lots of good news, and tomorrow's your Xbox, bud. Yeah, so next week our podcast will be basically me either being a happy camper or sad camper of the uh, new consoles, and I'll be talking about them a lot and reviewing them, I'm sure. Hopefully I will have the PS5 by the time we do the next podcast, and I'll be able to talk about that as well. But tomorrow is the day for the Series X, and I'm excited. I got Assassin's Creed Valhalla for that, so we'll be testing her out. Especially with the new capture card. Yeah, I saw some Valhalla stuff, and it looks gorgeous. Yeah, I I have tried my absolute best to steer away from anything Valhalla-related because this is just a game that I, I just want to know nothing about and just dive in and see what it has to offer. But yeah, everybody, thank you for tuning in. This is Episode 8 of the Guest Podcast. We will be back next week for Episode 9, and then before you know it, hey, we got our 10 episodes. And we're just going to keep on going. We're going to keep on chucking through. And we hope to see you next week. Well, have a good night, everyone, or day, or whenever you're listening. <laughs>